You've tuned in to this week's episode of Cornerstone Conversations. Well, hello everyone and uh, welcome along to Cornerstone Conversations and I'm your host Neil Wright, pastor at Cornerstone and with me I have Matt Koenig again, as hello, usual. Hello Neil, hello faithful listeners. Yeah, if there's anyone out there, <laughs> let's hope there is. Um, Matt, we've been getting together to discuss uh, the sermons from the weekend and uh, this week I was talking a little bit about uh, I guess the gathering around Christ and things like that uh, in our lives and uh, honouring Him with everything we do, bringing Him glory. Uh, so we we looked at a passage in Luke chapter 22, verse 14 to 20, which was actually Jesus at the Last Supper. So He's implementing the Last Supper. Um, and what was the point of that when He when He gave that to them? The point of the Last Supper? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so really it's just a... a a time to come together to to remember Jesus and what he's done and mm. remember what God has done for us through through his son Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross and just taking that time to um, reflect reflect on that reflect on the gift that that we've been given and and um, just I guess reflect on ourselves and and where we're at and if our attitudes are right and all that kind of stuff mm. and and yeah, essentially just draw our attention to, to that sacrifice that Jesus made. The fact that through the cross we are forgiven, you know, through his, mm. his broken body, um, you know, we are, we are healed from all yep. affliction and, you know, just, yeah, the, yeah. the blood uh, that flowed out as the, as the perfect sacrifice for, for all sin. Yeah, that's exactly right. So Jesus is grabbing it. I guess the disciples didn't fully understand because he hadn't gone to the cross yet, but... Mm. Um, he was plant, planting in their minds a symbol of, of what was coming up, which was his death on the cross. Obviously, the bread that he broke, he said, take this as my body, eat it. Whenever you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Um, and then with the cup, he said, this is the uh, new covenant between God and his people in agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. And I guess that must have been a little bit disconcerting at the time for those disciples because Jesus wasn't dead yet. And he's talking about his blood being poured out. Um, and so it would have made quite an impression on them as they were sitting down together thinking about it. And, you know, the, the whole point, as Jesus is putting here, is remember me. You know, do this to remember me. And so the tradition is taken over after Christ died and it was buried, rose again. And then the church used to meet together and they'd have communion together. So... Give us a bit of a picture of what their communion was like, Matt. Uh, yeah, it was more like a, a gathering together for a meal. Um, mm. You know, they'd, they'd meet in each other's houses. They'd all bring food and drink. And, you know, it, it seemed that it, it got to be a bit of a party rather than, the, the <laughs> I guess, yeah. that reflection on on the sacrifice that Jesus made and the, and the reflection on our attitudes and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah, so... Um, if you look at that, that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. You can read through that. But basically, Paul was writing to the Corinthian church. He's saying, you know, I've, I've written some good stuff about you, but this is really crazy. You guys are getting together for communion, and you're actually not remembering Christ at all. You're, you're gathering together. Some of you are eating way too much. Some of you are getting drunk. Then others are missing out. And there's absolutely zero, uh, it seemed like there was zero um, thought for the other person. Um, and it definitely wasn't about Christ. So um, I think like 
when I was thinking about it, it's like when we gather together, Matt, and even in our lives, we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute, the can I give God glory in everything and, and how is God in everything? Do you think that we can forget why we gather together? Do you think that's possible? Have you been in that situation where you're, you're gathering with a whole group of Christians and you feel like Jesus isn't even there at all? Yeah, I think so. I think sometimes we can we can um, yeah f- forget that that fact that when we when we do gather together, whether it's on a on a Sunday morning or or on you know just a, a dinner together at during the week, you know where where two or three people are gathered that are believers, then Jesus is there. And and mm. I think there are certainly times when you know we get together socially where that that may slip from our minds or something. Hopefully mm. not too often and. Yeah. You know, as I think, as we as we grow in relationship with with God, it's it's more um, more difficult to slip. I guess is that probably a way of putting it. Yeah, but yeah, you know, definitely. like I, you know, there's there's an attitude of where where is where is God? Yeah, and and where is He in your life? You know, like you were talking on Sunday about the fact that God is in everything. Yeah, and and you know, you talked about the the hierarchy that we can put on on our lives and say, you know, well, God's number one and then it, then it's my family and then it's my work and then and so on and you go down the list. But it's actually God is God is above everything, but then he's also in your family and he's in your work. Mm. And, you know, so there's that, that I guess, that different different change of attitude. And so, yep. you know, if, he, if he's in everything, then, you know, we're reflecting on that um, as as we go about the things that we do, and yeah, so we're not so, segmenting things off like that's right. Yeah, th- this part of my life belongs to God. Sunday mm. Bible study, prayer time, devotion time, whatever. Um, but my family time isn't really a a God thing. It's family time. My work isn't a God thing. It's family time. My footy isn't a God thing. Mm. It's family time. And like personally, I think there's a bit of a danger in that because what it means is that we almost get to that point, like we see the Corinthians are doing where we're carrying out or doing something, but we're forgetting God's there. Um, mm. And just as you're talking there about the two or three gathered, you know, that he's there with them. Mm. Um, that that really speaks to me because I, I remember thinking about it in terms of like back in the old days, you used to go to a video shop and pick out a video. Um, and could you imagine if Jesus was with you there? Mm. You know, if if he was your mate, Walking in the shop with you, I understand. Like, I don't think Jesus is just a mate; he, he's he's God. But in terms of the picture that I'm painting, um, and he is with you, and you picked up a video, and you're like, showed it to Jesus. What do you think we should watch this? <laughs> do you think it might make a bit of a difference in the things you choose, or or maybe even as you gather as friends and you start gossiping about someone, would this this be the sort of stuff I'd talk to Jesus about? What do you think about that? Yeah, it's certainly a challenging, challenging thing, um, you know, and and I think that that certainly does impact our decisions and and the way that we act and mm. you know all of that kind of stuff. And again, I think it's it really comes down to how, you know, how aware we are that that mm. God is in everything. Yeah, you know, and and having having that attitude and and not allowing us ourselves to slip into that place of, you know, I guess putting God in a box, yeah. you know, that you know, this is, this is the part of my life where I want you to be involved in. And then, you know, this is, this is my part. So you can yep. just stay away for a little while. Yeah. And it robs yeah. us of our joy in life, yeah. honestly, Matt, like 
how can you forget God and be joyful? Mm. <laughs> you can't. Mm. Like you look at the result of it with the the Corinthians with their their meeting together, people are being treated badly. And I think when we forget God is with us, we treat people badly. I mean, even down to um, I guess the closest re- earthly relationship we can think of is a husband and wife, right? Um, and yet that verse that you talked about, which is actually in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, for where two or three gather together as my followers, I'm there among them, really in that space too, in marriage, don't you mm. think we must remember that Jesus is there with us? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that, that focusing and... and I actually think it's a good thing. Like, if we can remember Christ in what we do and God is in everything, like, because, like I said, as soon as you've got two people, you've got a relationship, right? Mm. Without two people, you don't have one. So that means that God must be essential in good relationships, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sensible. Um, all right, so... Another thing that I was talking about was giving glory to God and everything. So you touched on a little bit in terms of God being uh, in everything. And it's not a list, but he's actually in everything. And I think that that helps us in this way, that we're not then prioritizing things according to a list, which means that we can actually begin to listen to the Holy Spirit. So the example that I give is this. Like if I I have a list and I'm like, okay, it's uh, God, then you know, family, then church, then work, then sport, or, or whatever it might be. We start to list this list. It means that I become accountable to the list rather than the Holy Spirit. So, for example, it might be that uh, at some stage, God is saying to me, you need to spend more time at work because there's things that need to be done. And, you know, but God's grace covers it because you're listening to the Holy Spirit for that time. Your family's all right. They're looked after, they're blessed because God is in it. Um, But then other times he might say to you, you need to back off at work and spend more time with your family. When we make a list, there's no sort of juggling that, you know what I mean? It's either like we're going to keep accountable to, no, you have to spend time with your family, so there's essential things that need to be done at work and you don't do them and, and yet the Spirit is really saying you need to get this done. And other times we might, you know, you know, like I say, you might think, if you put work above family, for example, um, you might say, no, the work needs to be done. I shouldn't spend time with my family because the work's essential. Do you find in your own life that um, there's times where you feel like the Spirit is leading you to do more in one area than the other and yet God's grace covers it? Yeah, look, I think there's there's certainly times when, when that happens and... Or, or even times when, when certain circumstances arise where it just, there's no other option, like it's not even a choice. Yeah. Um, and in those instances, certainly, um, you know, God has, has that covered. When, I think the important thing is that when you have the attitude that God is in it, yeah, you know, and, yep. and that, you know, that as, that, as that verse talks about, um, you know, doing it all for the glory of God in, in 1 Corinthians Ten thirty one. Yeah, you know, doing everything for the glory of God, it changes the way that you you even approach what you're doing. Yeah, 
you know, it, it changes the way that within within your family environment, how you talk to your kids and how you talk yeah. to your part, your wife or your husband. Yeah. Um. You know, it, in in work circumstances, it changes the way that you approach the people that you have to deal with in whatever yep. it is that you're dealing with. If you if you're doing it with that attitude of oh, I'm actually doing this for God, then you know it changes. It it just automatically, well, not automatically, but you know what I mean. Like it. it yeah. It changes the way you approach it, and I think when we when we do that, God is in it, and He will honor that. Yeah. Um. Yep. You know, and I think sometimes, you know, making making that decision is hard. Yeah. Um. But when we're when we're in that place, I think God will direct us anyway, and yeah, you know, that's that's really cool. Yeah. So really, it's allowing God to guide us through life yeah. rather than let our life guide us to God sort of mm. I don't know how to explain it but um yeah so that verse you're talking about Matt takes it down to the very basics of life okay so what are the two things that you need most in life Matt that's a hard that's a hard question but no it's um <laughs> well, water, to survive w- water water yes and, and and probably food probably food yeah, yeah. Well, for me I would I would say that's true as well. Yeah. And this is what that verse takes it down to. So it says, so whether you eat or drink. Now, I'm pretty sure that that weather is a bit sarcastic. Like, you know, do you? Of course you do. Like whether you eat or drink. So everyone's included in this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's included in it. So it's sort of like, hey, everybody, are you eating or are you drinking? Yes, that's me. But also in that action, what whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And so that to me says that every part of my life, down to the very basic things, like can I eat and drink to God's glory? Uh, that's what that's saying I can, mm. which doesn't make sense, right? Naturally, you think, you know, if, if we're... Christians, God's glory is this amazing big act of, of life. But this is saying down down to the basic form, mm. if you are a person that has to eat or drink, do it for God's glory. Um, can you do basketball for God's glory? You're a basketball player? Yeah, I am. One I of am. the best in Darwin? Oh, the, yeah. Played the most number of games in the world? No. Well, in Darwin. In, <laughs> is that true? What? That you're the highest number of games in the... No, I'm not. League. I'm right. not. My name's on the board at the at the basketball stadium. Yeah, for playing a certain number of games at the highest level that you could in Darwin, which is a lot lower than what it probably is now. <laughs> and uh, you know, my my body is aging and I'm slowing down a little bit. So, but yeah, no, that's um, you know, I think I think there's opportunity in everything we do. Mm. Absolutely, and and again, you know. The way that we respond to people and all that kind of stuff can have an impact yeah. on on how people respond to you and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I think it's possible. I you know I had I was sharing with you the other day. I had a, a game on on Tuesday night where I had a <laughs> a David and Goliath moment where I was I was David and we were playing against this guy who was like a hundred feet tall. Now you got to understand that Matt's a very tall person. How tall are you? Oh uh, uh, yeah. Up there, what six, near, foot near eight? six four, six five. I'm, six, I'm five. shrinking, shrinking a little bit <laughs> in my age. But all right, so put guy, that in context. So this guy, this guy, um, yeah, I probably came up to about mid chest height on this guy. He could almost dunk without jumping, and 
<laughs> it was a bit unfair, but you know, and and I actually I was actually thinking about that that whole experience in the middle of the basketball game, which probably yeah. impacted the way I was playing, but because I was distracted and thinking about, you know, <laughs> is this is this my David and Goliath moment? Uh, You're gonna come out and there on was top. this whole revelation I won't go into now. You know, I might save that for another another day. But um, you know, there are you know, I, I find myself sort of in, in that place of, of communicating with God and asking questions and all that kind of mm. stuff in everything that I'm doing. You yeah. know, driving driving the car at work, at yeah. home with the kids and yeah. doing stuff, out fishing. Yeah. You know, it's again, it's God is in everything and we need to be able to recognize that. And I mean, it's not hard to do because yeah. you just need to look out the window and look mm. at the creation that's around us and just yeah, it's marvel awesome, at its intricacies and, and, you know, how everything just fits together and the, the mm. complexity of that. Yeah. And there is, there is no denying just how incredible our God is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just remembering that he, he, he wants to be in relationship with us and, yeah. and, and involved know. in every part of our life. Yeah. 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 And I think the, the other thing, Matt, I, when I think about it is we can often be put onto guilt trips. You know, like that if I'm not doing a religious duty, mm. then that can't be of God. And and yet I can actually play rugby or cricket or, you know, go to the craft group, whatever people do. And yeah. all of that can actually reflect God's glory. Mm. Yeah. Um, which is really good because our life wrapped in Christ. So the point of the sermon on Sunday really is this, that, that often things can start out really well. So Jesus had this... This uh, awesome, uh, awesome act to do, which was to remember him in the Last Supper. So, when you get together, whenever you eat and drink, remember me. And it gets perverted, and we forget Christ. And even like as Paul was writing to that that church in Corinth, he, he was just saying, you know, have you forgotten Jesus? You know, all I'm hearing is that I'll read it out actually, because I actually think it's it's quite funny. Um, verse 17 of 1 Corinthians 11, it says, But in the following instructions I cannot praise you, for it sounds as if more harm than good is done when you meet together. Mm. <laughs> yeah, just, just come together and, and just create havoc. That's what it's yeah. all about, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So wouldn't you hate that to be the church? You know, you know, Cornerstone, you meet on Sunday, but this is what I'm hearing. It's just chaos. It's horrible. People are mean and yucky to each other and... You know, it's meant to be around Christ and actually yeah. lift you up and build you up. Yet you walk away from there wishing you never came in the first place. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know that's. I think that's something that's great about Cornerstone. You know. Yeah. And me too. The, the, the fact that that we do just love on people and and that it's a welcoming place and and mm. you know that, you know, we walk alongside each other in the different struggles that we have and, and yeah. you come on a Sunday or you come to our small groups or prayer meetings or whatever it might be. And, you know, regardless of how you felt when you come, because you've drawn together, you've drawn your attention mm. to God. You always walk away feeling so much better. Yeah. You know, I can, I, I can't begin to imagine what it was like for, for Paul to write that, you know, yeah. the fact that you, you come together and all you're doing is, is causing more harm than good. Yeah, so, terrible, you know, isn't it? it's obviously, you know, that, that's the death of, of the church. That's the death of, of what they were doing. You know, yeah. the, the, you're going to end up with people going, well, I'm not going there because, yep. you know. They just get hurt. And, and let's face it, yep. it's happened to many people. 
Mm. No doubt you've been hurt at a church. No doubt I have. Um, everyone probably. And like Cornerstone is not perfect, but I, I'm like you. I feel like it's a really good place yeah. where overall you're going to go away feeling better because we're meeting around Christ. And may we long do so, meet around him. Mm. All right, Matt, anything else to add before we sign off? No, I don't think so. I think that's good. Great. All right. See you later, everyone.